Welcome to Stand Up Memories Season 2. We have a Season 2. And I am with Jackie Martling. I'm Peter Bales. Here we are. There is no, nothing more fortifying than starting Season 2 with our tech crew hovering over the audio and sound equipment and video equipment going, I wonder what this button does. <laughs> <laughs> but we're off and running. Now, something happened that we talk about old comedy things and about history, Long Island and everything, and this is not a, uh, this is a generic show. This is, what we do here is called Evergreen, which means you could play it today and you could play it in five years. Um, and we want people to like it in the UK, in Norway, wherever. in Idaho, mm -hmm. wherever. But something happened last night that is not just, it's not a current thing because it's going to have repercussions for probably for years. And we're not at all political. And but the whole deal is what happened is, was a very comedic thing, for better or for worse. And I'm referring to, of course, Chris Rock uh, insulted, quote unquote, uh, Will Smith's wife. And Will didn't like it, and he walked up and smacked him, which is, is on anybody's terms, horrible. And I will brag and say NBC called me up for a comment, uh, just in case they couldn't get anybody else. I'm sure the, <laughs> second, the second they did, you get pushed off the table. But <clears throat> I really meant that when I told her that uh, the Oscars have been so bad for so long. And, but I thought last night's was interesting. A lot of dead spots, but it was really interesting. And it was fun, and they were trying a lot of stuff. And that marred the whole thing. Yes. You know, like, yes. and it's crazy. And all the comics are going to weigh in on whether that's right, whether that's wrong. And when you insult somebody, how much, you know, how far should you? But everybody's going to be different. What you think you can say, what I think, I, you know, what made me think about talking about this, you guys were talking about Otto and George. Before. The comics have been on social media. They're going to have a different take maybe than the general public. A lot of comics are worried that this gives license to audience members to go on stage and to strike a comedian. To if the they don't, point where we shouldn't even say that. We shouldn't even Power maybe say suggestion. that. Power of suggestion. But um, it's I, the old thing. If I, I hate to say it, but you go to a comedy club and you sit in the front, you know, and you and you wear a hat with a feather. Right. You know, please, <laughs> please don't notice me. You know, and I'm not saying that's what was happening, but it, it, it was the terrible. reason I'm talking about this is this is going to linger for so long because there are two, it's so, you shouldn't, and you should, and you shouldn't, and you should, like, who cares? Lighten up, yak, 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 you know, it's, it's a very debatable thing. On Facebook, one comic, very funny guy named Frank Vignola wrote, I remember I got one time hit with some chicken wings. This is bringing out nightmare stories from other comics. He got hit by chicken wings, and I hit reply, and I said, I once got hit with a canned ham. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I did write that. <clears throat> you know, the old story about Bob Woods, that, and I think it actually happened, or something like it happened in Animal House, but that was, you know, the story was Woods was opening at my father's place for somebody, like a Steppenwolf or somebody, and somebody threw a can of beer at him, ah. and he caught it and opened it up and drank it. And then I think Belushi actually did that, so that might, 
some form of that. But you, you, I actually pulled my guys out of the Neptune pub in the days when we didn't have comedy yet. We were all working at Dixon's, Richard M. Dixon's White House Inn, but it was a variety showcase. He paid us $5 on a good night, but the guys would come to where I was with my guitar and my amplifier, and I'd sing songs and tell jokes, and the guys in the early days would come, and Nelson and Bob Nelson, Rob Bartlett, but Eddie Murphy came and was on the stage at Neptune Pub, and somebody rolled up a napkin and threw it at him, and I, I said, come on, we're out of here. And we left, and the owner's like, you, you can't just walk out. And I said, they, they can't throw things at, at somebody on stage. That is verboten. Yeah, and we actually, yeah. I'm sure Eddie would never remember that. The guy called me up and gave me more money, and we were back there the next week. Which wow, is Wow, you pulled him out, like I, pulling your team off the field. Which, you know, like a Leo DeRosa. And it wasn't, they were, it was just my gig. I mean, I was probably making $30, you know. It's not like remember I gave the ground round restaurant chain? We used to do shows at the Ground Round, and they had peanuts on the table yeah, with supposed to natural ammunition. And you were supposed to open the peanuts and drop the... I know. So somebody's not only going to the bathroom, but... <laughs> <laughs> but they used to throw them at the at the comics, and it we was dealt almost, with it. It, 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 it almost was like, please throw these. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was on stage at the original Catch a Rising Star when a fight broke out. Have you ever had a fight, actual fight, while you were performing? That happened to me. Uh, I've seen two comics have uh, glasses thrown at them that fortunately missed. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld one time at Catch a Rising Star and uh, wonderful New York comic Bill McCarty in New Jersey was doing uh, a parody of uh, the Catholic Church and somebody lost it and th just missed him, hit the back wall. He stayed up there and continued. I, I don't think I ever saw any actual... Uh Fights. I know I, <laughs> Jerry Dinnerstein, who is now Jerry Diner, was on stage at some little tiny club out in Suffolk that I was producing a show. And he said, hey, look at this Hell's Angel here. And the guy was going to beat the hell out of him, not for calling him a Hell's Angel, but because he wasn't a Hell's Angel. He was a member of the <laughs> of the other motorcycle group got... in the area. And he was insulted. There, but <laughs> I actually hid him in the back backseat of my car on the floor <laughs> he got he got the the motorcycle gang wrong and he, that was the the offense uh, the, the, who, <laughs> i always go to say the pythagorean the who the, the, the whoever they were but i thought that was so it wasn't like hey look at this motorcycle bum it was like look at the wrong motorcycle bum you know it, it's i do know that when me and bates were playing at the lobster house uh we had a two-man group we played guitars at this seaside restaurant in the winter it's horrible, never anybody. Had. But they would come, and this one night we had a really decent crowd in there. It was an old Bayville place. So underneath was like two or three feet of crawl space and sand, and that's where the fuse box was. Uh -huh. So we're playing, and the lights go out. So me and the owner, this old fat Italian guy, climb under, and we're crawling in the sand to fix the fuse box, and all of a sudden, because um, we're right, there's the floor. And I'm like, holy Christ, is this what it sounds like underneath a bar with, you know, like 100 people in it? <laughs> God, it sounds like a world war up there. And then when we got back up, they said, 
Oh man, there was a fight. <laughs> there really, really was a fight. Well, what a story to hide the fact that you were hiding under the floor during the fight. Oh, I ran and you made, for it. You made up this whole thing about a fuse box. <laughs> they did. They did have. They used to fight in a bar we played in Lincoln Park, Detroit. The the motorcycle bums in Lincoln Park, Detroit. It was like 1971. And it's like two or three years after the fact, they discovered LSD. <laughs> so these hitters, these, you know, rough and tumble, whatever we called them in those days, the grease balls, would take acid and fight. And I can still remember we're on stage playing Gimme Shelter. <laughs> War! It's just a shot away. And they're beating <laughs> And you had to keep playing. The owners are like, keep going, keep, don't keep stop, going. you know. Wow. But this all stemmed out of uh, the whole... Uh, Will Smith hitting uh, Chris Rock, and you wonder what what you're allowed to say and what you shouldn't say. And we talked a lot about um, you know the different heckles and stuff. Otto and George was this Otto was this ventriloquist, and he had a bad puppet, a bad dummy named George, and he was a horrible ventriloquist. Not only that, I don't yes. know if you remember, there was like a year or two that George's mouth didn't work. Right, right, right. And his I mouth remember would that. get he didn't stuck even care. in. Yeah. He would have to re lean over and push the mouth closed. And then George would, the dummy would yell at him like, I can't believe you're <laughs> such a drunk that yes. you can't get it together to get my mouth fixed. But he had a talk show. It was called Otto and George's Pig Roast. And Otto and George were Johnny Carson. And you sat there and you're interviewed by Otto and George, and you don't know, do you talk to Otto, or do you talk, if you talk to, the to dummy. Otto, you're not talking to who's talking to you, right. if you're talking to George, you're talking to a dummy, it was it was just funny before you even start, I did it like three times, it was horrible, I think they've been playing them on the web, Otto and George's pig roast. If what you Google Otto and George, this was a ventriloquist and his dummy who said what you really can't say. And that's what, what was... What most people would never even think you, of you really You can't saying. say that. It was, it, as I said, it was so bad it was good. It was springtime for Hitler. He said things nobody else would say, and it had such an appeal that people really would flock to it because you can't believe he's being that insulting. Like, now, how are you doing, George? I had a date last night. How was that? Well, I went to the door, and the door opened, and there was my date. And her father said, and, and when he... To, uh, to highlight what he was saying, he, his head would go up two inches. And her father said, what are your intentions? I said, what do you mean, what are my intentions? I want to, and he's, you know, I want to bang her. You know, like, uh, and just, <laughs> it's just, what are your and intentions? He did, I want to bang her. Oh, God. He did ethnic insults from another time, from another century that I'm not gonna repeat now. And it was, you can't believe that, that the dummy, because Otto you know, was soft-spoken. The dummy was George, of course. And the dummy could say anything. And know? he was so brilliant. The dummy would yell at him for being too coked up, for being too drunk, for being too high. The dummy, would, yeah, it, it, it was a little bit mind, not a little, it was very mind-bending. It was incredible. It was mind-bending, yeah. I, uh, a PhD student could write a dissertation on that. I always, um, I always wanted to do a uh, 
documentary on him because here's this guy out in front of the stage being so crazy and so wild, and then this guy goes into the green room and he's just an absolute mess. And he, he just never got, he just should have been famous and just wasn't famous, you know. Well, um, to our audience who doesn't know Otto and George, again, Google him. He's he was the late Otto. Otto and of, Peterson. Otto Peterson. Otto Peterson. And of course, when he dies, it's like two people die because the dummy dies. And you know, uh, there's a very famous story. I was I actually talked to him and I was supposed to do a documentary with him. And I finally talked him into it. And I was gonna meet him at the little bar restaurant around the corner from my city apartment. And we had a meet a date to meet for lunch, and he stood me up and I said, Well, that's it. Because you know, in the old days when I used to book people, I stopped booking him because the th by the third time that he's supposed to show up and headline a show and he just doesn't, he's just not there, he could be your best friend. Right. I'm sorry, you know, right. we can't do right, that. Right. So he stood me up and I'm like, fool me once, fool me twice. This is a guy you never would book because he wouldn't show and now you're sitting saying, I can't believe he's not showing for lunch. But what had happened, and you might have heard of this, I hope I didn't talk about it already, he went to do Opie and Anthony. And either he left his dummy in the car or forgot it or something. And he said, he, he went in and he said, I can't do this without George. And I guess for like 20 minutes, they berated him and made fun of him and what a loser and what a jerk because he couldn't sit there and just do it. And he couldn't, he's on the radio. Yeah. And this is before people were doing it, you know, on, on TV too, you know, it was just radio. But he couldn't sit there and go, hey, how you doing? And they and I guess he got so frustrated he stormed out of there and got in the car and went home and that's that was the reason he didn't meet me for lunch, <laughs> which at least is part of a fantastic. But I totally story. understand that he couldn't do it without George. Yeah, you know it's as you know it. And of course, you know, let's we do history on this show. Think about the great Edgar Bergen on the radio, a ventriloquist on the radio. And you know, he needed I Charlie. Wonder, I wonder if he, he needed Charlie stood, McCarthy, his dummy. He needed him there. I wonder if he ever stood there and did, you know. No, did it I, I, you know. I don't think I can't imagine that you could do that. You, you would need your dummy right there. It's, it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> and that reminds me of a club that we used to play, Dubonnets. And this is a famous story. We love a Long Island ventriloquist. And you know who I'm talking about. Vince D'Antona. Vince D'Antona. And ironically, George uh, was his dummy as well. Yeah, I guess that's the going name for a, for a, it's not a puppet, it's a dummy. It's, it's a dummy. I guess, yeah, I guess dummy. you could call it the pu a puppet, but it's a dummy. And uh, a very funny comedian named Jeff Zabrowski hit his head on the piano doing a flip as part of a routine in which he was wrestling with God. I can, I can see him doing it. And he hits his head on the piano, and he's virtually unconscious <laughs> and lying there in front of a full house. And Don't get too excited. We're talking about 120 people. Uh, that's exciting <laughs> to me. And uh, Vinnie D'Antona and George walk up, and <laughs> Zabrowski's lying on the ground, and Vinnie D'Antona had George say, Hey, Jeff, how you doing? You know, he used the, the dummy. Right, right. To, to, to find out, are you, are you okay? Are you alive? Uh, you know. Which is, because he's so locked into that. You're locked into it, totally. 
And it is sad, when a ventriloquist dies, two people die because... He was such a great character. He, yeah. You know he was married. He was married. And he had a girl, the girl that he married also had a dummy and wanted to be in show business. She was Lucy. And Vinny, I don't care, it's just past the statute of limitations. Vinny let her be in the act and it was un <laughs> unwatchable. Yes. It was unwatchable, but he let her be in the act because after the show, they'd go to a bar and she'd pick up a girl and they'd, the girl would come home and fool around with the two of them. So to him, he had been in the service. He, he, he wasn't looking to get on Johnny Carson. He was looking to get a little bit and tell a few jokes, and he just didn't care. He's the greatest little cat in the world. <laughs> he loved to uh, drink his vodka, I believe. And uh, we had a roast for him at uh, McGuire's Comedy Club, and the comics were going off on his drinking and having a great time, and everybody's hysterically laughing. And afterwards, he goes, hey, guys, you know, my wife and my kids didn't have any idea about the drinking. <laughs> so we have mentioned here Otto and George, a terrific, uh, unique ventriloquist, and Vinny D'Antona and George, uh, another terrific ventriloquist. Now, Vinny was proficient as a ventriloquist. He, he was, was very you know, skillful. Something that he did... This is a total non sequitur, but I had this 516-922-WINE joke line for the last 43 years. If you dial it right now, you get jokes. 516-922-9463. When I first met him, I was putting these stickers everywhere. It was They were ubiquitous, and everybody had a story about where they'd found one. Yeah. And his father worked, and I, I'm trying to find somebody that knows him that can rubber stamp this story. Yeah. His father worked at a place that made the plastic letters that go on airplanes, like a BX-73, the, the uh -huh. number of the plane uh -huh. that was indestructible plastic. And his father made, or his company, made 5,000 indestructible yellow 922 wine stickers. I'm still trying <laughs> to find one or find somebody that could rubber stamp that story. You'd think there'd be one lying around, and I cannot find it. So... You know, and somebody said he had a brother or a cousin or something. And I said, tell him to call me. I want to talk to him, see if I'm crazy, you know. Otto had his demons. And you were aware of that, and I was aware of that. And I was giving him a ride back to New York from a gig in New Jersey. And uh, we go over the George Washington Bridge, and I was perfectly happy to take him home. And he goes, no, no, drop me off here. I go, this is the George Washington Bridge. We're on the entrance ramp to the George Washington Bridge. I'm, what do you mean, drop you off here? No, 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 drop me off here. Well, you know, he had his demons, and I guess he would find what he wanted to find. Either he was copping coke, or he was trying to get Something. out of paying the toll. <laughs> that, that's probably it. I'm saying goodbye. I cannot take any more ventriloquist stories, of course, until the next show. <laughs> But till next time, I want to just say thank you very much for tuning in. We appreciate you. Ah, uh, this has been fun. This has been Stand Up Memories. This, of course, has been Jackie Martling, and I'm Peter Bales. We will be back with another terrific show if I let you. If you let me. Hey, a new episode of Stand Up Memories every Wednesday. How exciting is that? It's starring me, Peter Bales, and 
right here, Jackie the Joke Man Mark. Please follow us on social media, search it out. What is it, MeSpace? MySpace. Your space? TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Do-da, do-da. <laughs> <laughs>